0: The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. The story uh, takes place in Argentina. What was going on? There was a, there was a period of time when they used to run uh, Shrita, ritual slaughter, in, in Argentina. And uh, shochtim, the ritual slaughterers, from wherever they were from, usually from America, would fly down there. And uh, they lived there for for months at a time, and it was very rigorous work. Basically, the 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 plant would open up at six in the morning, and it would uh, or five in the morning before dawn, and it would close at uh, six p.m. after dark. And uh, they had security there. The security was because of uh, thieves. You know, they had equipment, they didn't want the equipment to be stolen. So basically, there was one time in the morning when everyone couldn't be let in. And they'd open up the place, and then there was one time at night when everyone could be let out, and then they would lock it up for good. Um, and then the night watchman would stay there, and nobody could come back in till, until the morning. Um, that was that was the way that it was run. At any rate, there were a group of about 20 shoftim, 20 uh, slaughterers. And they had finished a day of work, and it was 6 o'clock, it was dark. And what they would do is they would gather in... Sort of a like a courtyard in front of the plant, but before the the gate, and when they'd all be gathered, then the guard would open up the gate and let them out, and then lock it up, and then the night watchman would come so <coughs> one evening they're waiting to be let out of the gate and and they don 't really speak spanish, and the the guard doesn 't really speak Yiddish or Hebrew or English, whatever the languages are or Russian or polish, whatever languages these these guys spoke um why do i say russian or polish because one of the s- per- people in the story was actually originally from poland from warsaw but i'll get to him in one second um the guard is telling the the shochtim that he's not going to open up the gate and they're getting very annoyed and he can't really speak their language and they can't really speak his so they're they're yelling at him open up the gate we want to go home it's late you know, let us out and he's saying no no i'm not letting you out so they're they're, they're yelling at him, open the gate so he says, no, you, I can, I'm not opening the gate. He's telling them, there's one more, there's one more. So there's, there's no more, there's no more. Yes, there's one more, one more rabbi, one more rabbi. They said, there's no more rabbi, we're all here, let us out. He said, no, no, I'm not going to let you out. So finally they, they, they went back in the plant, and they went around, and they opened up a deep freezer, and they found one of the rabbis who was in the deep freezer. He would somehow gotten locked in, he couldn't get out, and he would have been left there overnight. And he would have died. So they took him out of the, the freezer. And uh, they warmed him up. And after they, you know, they saved his life, so they said to the, to the guard, how did, how did you know? Like, <laughs> you know, there's a stereotype that, you know, all, all, uh, all rabbis look alike, right? Especially if you're not from somebody's culture. So you look at them, a group of them, as all looking alike. So this local guy from Argentina... He's non-Jew. He sees 19 rabbis. How does he know one rabbi is missing? I mean, it's very unusual he would notice the one guy. And they were all saying, no, nobody's missing. So they asked him, you know, how did he know? So the guard says, every morning the workers come, you you guys, the rabbis, the, the shochetim, And they walk in. I let everyone in. They walk in. There's only one rabbi, every morning he comes in, he says, hello, good morning. And every night when he leaves, he says, goodbye, good night. This morning, this rabbi said, hello, good morning. But tonight, I did not hear, goodbye, good night. So I knew he wasn't here. And that's, that's, how, that's why I insisted, you have to go and find him. And that, that's how they found him. Who was this? This was a Yid named Reb Avram Ziskind, a chash of a Yid. He was from Warsaw, Poland. He became close to Lubavitch there, when the previous Rebbe was in, was in Poland. He came over to America, first to Israel, and then to, then to America. <coughs> he was actually married to one of three sisters. So his two brothers-in-law, also very Cheshavayidin, Mesha Pinchas Katz and Rebbe Mordechai Mentlik were his two uh, brothers-in-law. He himself was uh, the first Rosh in, Koilel in Crown Heights in 770. He actually was the first person to start a women's shear in Chassidus in Crown Heights. The first he has that distinction, the first one to do that. And uh, many other accomplishments. Happens to be, he was also a sheichet. So he was down there in Argentina, <coughs> you know, making, making a living for a few months. And what saved his life, and what enabled him to continue to come back to, uh, to New York, and to do all of the things that he did, and to, to, to teach Torah and to, to help so many people, is only because of this small, seemingly small, habit he had of saying good morning and saying good night to somebody who everybody else overlooked. I would like to encourage all of you to go onto that website, storiestoinspire.org. You will be inspired by the great stories that are right there for all of us.